Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Mims the Word. This is the first full episode that we've done. My name's Chris Dyer and I'm joined by our Managing Director, Rowan Williams. Hi everyone. So Rowan, we're going to talk this week about just generally what's happening at MIM this week. Uh, we're going to talk about what's trending, uh, you know, things like the cost of living crisis, um, just sort of expand on that and just generally sort of what's going on in the world. Do you want to kick us off with what's happening at the company? Yeah, so uh, as you can tell, Chris and I are here in person, which is fantastic. Uh, Lauren and Cindy are both on holiday this week, uh, enjoying themselves. I think Cindy is in uh, in France somewhere, so uh, enjoying that, which is awesome. Uh, and Lauren is taking some personal time, so that is uh, that's that. And Chris and I are here, you know, just creating content, doing loads of stuff. Um, but obviously, we can't wait for them for them to come back. So. Um, that's what's happening at, at MIM this week. So, yeah. Great. So, second, our second point is uh, sort of what's trending this week. Um, do you want to sort of expand on this Binley mega chippy that you've, uh, you've made yeah, a note so of? Yeah, so this, this is a really funny one, I think. Um, I came across it on TikTok and it's taken off massively. And I think it shows how, uh, how companies, and however weird and small, um, companies can go viral from from creating some really funny content. So, Binley Mega Chippy, um, they're I think they're based in Coventry somewhere. Um, just a, a chip shop, fish and chip shop. Do burgers, chips, fish, sausages, the regular stuff. Just your average chippy. But um, they've started creating some exceptionally funny remix videos on on TikTok, and they've gone extremely viral. Um, and they've also got a really catchy theme tune, um, and I'm going to break here and and let you listen to it. I'm going to ask Chris to put the the actual Binley Mega Chippy soundtrack in here. So let's take a listen to it. And so yeah, as you can tell, it's fairly catchy. It's um, I personally like it. It's been stuck in my head for two days, and that's why I'm talking about it. But <laughs> Sounds it, great. <laughs> um, not everyone's a fan. I understand that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it just shows the, the power of TikTok and, and social media and how if something goes viral, it can really take off. Um, there are now queues, um, very long queues outside the chippy every single day because of it. So it might be a short-term thing, but... Uh, I seem to, to like it very much. So yeah, that's that's what's trending on uh, on TikTok and on social this week. Great. Well, thanks very much for that, Ryan. Um, so uh, moving on, like in other news, cost of living crisis. You know, what's the update? Yeah, I mean, this is we're all feeling it now. Um, it's you know, this is a slightly more serious note um, than than the previous one, but. Um, you know, there's so much that's happening. And I think I wanted to talk about this in particular from your own business point of view. The industry that you're in may not necessarily be one of those that's in the headlines every day, petrol, um, you know, energy in general, um, those kinds of things. But um, it is really important for you because your costs as a business are are bound to increase. uh, And that means that you have to work very carefully to um, to increase your prices right um, because everything that increases 
as a cost for your business is, is eating into your margin. And I wanted to kind of look at it from a point of, you know, how do you position yourself as a brand to make sure that you are taking into account these price rises? And I think it's really important to make sure that you do position yourself and all the content that you create uh, and all the quotes that, and um, statements of works and everything that you put together reflects the fact that you are not the cheapest brand. You know, people are paying for a specialist service uh, and that means that they will um, have to pay uh, above the odds. And I think that's really important to take that into account. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, it's, it's affecting so many different industries, you know, from like cost of coffee to, you know, everything that's going on at the airports and petrol prices going through the roof. Yeah, I mean, with summer holidays fast approaching, everyone's having to now pay more for their flights um, due to the fuel fuel crisis. And obviously, um, there is a, a war happening in Eastern Europe. So um, things are looking a little bit uncertain and supply chains are, are, are really being stretched and margins on those supply chains are really being stretched, which means as end consumers, we have to pay uh, for the bill for that. Just this week, the RAC was saying, you know, petrol prices could hit two uh, pounds a litre, um, which is an increase of five p per litre. And I think we're already starting to see that hit the pumps. Um, I certainly remember not that long ago, fortunately, um, my uni days, it used to cost me 50 quid to, to fill up my VW Polo. Those are the days. <laughs> Those are the days. And, and last week I paid just shy of 70 pounds so um, it is starting to to hit us yeah i think i saw something specific about supermarkets you know it's unheard of but they're increasing by five pence yeah it's just yeah it is stretching it but coming back to the reason i wanted to talk about it in particular is when you are developing your products and services and taking them to market it's really important that you are clear with your brand positioning as not the cheapest um, it might suit your brand you know if you're an LD or a Lidl but um, in most cases you should lean on the fact that you're a specialist or your credibility in that market to actually say to customers um, our prices have increased you don't necessarily have to tell new customers that um, but specifically with existing customers it may be um, it may be an option to talk to them about that when it comes to their renewals so yeah, that I mean that's my view of the cost of living crisis. It's not great. Um, it's not fun to talk about, but from a marketing perspective, it's really interesting to analyse what's happening in a variety of industries. It doesn't look like it's getting better anytime soon. No, it doesn't actually. I think you know we're just we're just going into it, and so um, we really have to prepare ourselves carefully, especially if you run a business or. You, you're in sales or marketing, you really have to prepare yourself for, for what's coming over the next 12 months. I, you know, This is just a personal view. I don't think it's going to get any better. I, I know you probably don't think so either, Chris, mm. right? Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, the warning signs have been around for a few months now, but in recent weeks, it's been just so much worse. Yeah, no, I've certainly felt it, especially with a newborn at home as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, and lack of sleep. And, uh, and buying food and, and stuff. So I can see uh, on your face it's taking its toll. Yeah, you can't, luckily you guys can't see my face, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's taking its toll for sure. So next on the list, we've got um, Elon Musk, and I guess it's talking about his uh, Twitter deal. 
sort of what's going on with that? Yeah, so he's actually, you know, he's normally in the news a lot anyway, but he's actually been in the news twice this week um, for two different reasons. Um, One of which is not great, um, but let's start with Twitter. So um, the Twitter deal is on hold at the moment. Um, Essentially, Twitter are reporting on how many spam accounts they have on a daily basis and active spam accounts on a daily basis. They've benchmarked it at about 5%. Um, Elon and probably the rest of the world agree that that's a very low number. And so Elon's saying, you know, I want to have a look at myself. I want to do my own research. Um, and Twitter are, are kind of, he's he's saying that Twitter are thwarting his efforts to do his own research on how much spam is actually happening on Twitter. Um, and I think, you know, it's a personal opinion. I think he's, he is within his rights to do that. However, contractually, I'm not really sure exactly what, what the contractual agreement is, but I saw somewhere that if he was to pull out of the, the deal now, he'd probably have to pay upwards of a billion dollars um, in fees. So, um, I mean, which for him is, is nothing, but it's still a, a, it would still hurt. So, um, so yeah, that's the, the Twitter saga update. I mean, yeah, speaking of Twitter, wasn't there an interesting tweet that he put out recently? There was, actually. So... Surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, exactly. And this is the other reason why he's been uh, in the news this week. And it's it's around remote working and hybrid working. Tesla are now moving back to fully office-based. Um, and I think one of the quotes that he put out was um, that if people want to work from home, they can pretend to work somewhere else. Um, so he is very stringent on making sure that people have a minimum of 40 hours in the office every week. Um, which I frankly think is not possible. I think uh, there's loads of businesses now that have seen um, an exodus from their business because of their um, inability to allow people to work from home. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, hybrid working and working from home, it's it's been seen by many corporations that it's fully possible. And, you know, uh, especially, I I think... Interestingly, for smaller companies, maybe even bigger companies as well that do need to save money, office space is it can be very expensive. So it's a you know to save there, but also it depends on the employees whether you know they prefer having a working environment to come to in order to do their work or whether they feel that they can do that in a home office. Um, I think it's yeah. This this is honestly the first thing I've heard that's anti. The sort of hybrid and working from home. Yeah, no, me too. Um, actually, yeah, so it's, it's the first instance I've heard of it that it's you know been seen as a negative. I, I, th- I think to, to begin with, we all thought that it would eventually all go back to normal. You know, I'm talking early pandemic. Yeah, uh, we thought everything would eventually just go back to normal. It would blow over, and it would just be you know back in the office as as uh, business as usual. But I think as time has gone on, more companies have adopted the hybrid working. Um, given their employees that flexibility um i honestly think it works better it's it's i think it'll probably make employees just generally happier as a managing director what do you think of that yeah look i I think it's a fine balance right um you have to cater to the needs um and changing behaviors of the, the the marketplace in general um but really i'm i'm all up for it right i know chris you you work what 40 percent home 60% 60% in the office, which yeah. is phenomenal. I'm pretty hybrid. <laughs> yeah, you 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 are a classic example of hybrid work. Also drive a hybrid. Yes, and you drive a hybrid. 
um, very good for you. Um, <laughs> so, um, but you know, in general, I my personal preference is um, I come into the office, but I think it should be an option and a personal preference for everyone. Um, obviously, there are limits depending on your job role. Um, you know, if you work in a, a manual labour type industry or job, obviously you're expected to be on site. Um, and if, if there are cases where you can't work from home flexibly or where the technology doesn't allow it, although that's rare nowadays, um, then obviously there, there are exemptions. But um, for us, I think as a business, we've very much taken that hybrid model. Um, yes, we have an awesome office. I love the office. I come here every day. Um, but, you know, everyone else due to travel, family commitments, everything like that may not necessarily have the same view. Yeah. I think um, w- one thing I do really like about our structure is it's uh, it's sort of not set in stone, but because it's uh, already sort of organized so that we know when people are going to be in, when people have got days off or, you know, days at home. Um, you know, you're not, ex- you're not ever expecting someone to be in and then they just don't turn up. And then, uh, you know, you've got also the the one day in the week where everyone's in the office, which I think is really good for morale. I mean, my other half, for example, she's fully working from home and has never met her team because she started her new job during the pandemic. So I think like that's what she's sort of craving at the moment is a bit of face-to-face interaction. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's sort of six of one. It's, it's very much down to sort of personal preference on the employee side, I think, and just sort of what works better, where they're more productive. Um, you know, there's also that uh, study that started uh, that a lot of companies are doing with the four-day work week. Yes, I've um, seen that. There are over 70 companies registered to, uh, to do that now. That's right. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see the results. I mean, um, you know, a four-day work week may work better for some people. They may find that, you know, because if, if you're trying to hit deadlines... You know, you have to get this piece, certain piece of work done by, you know, Friday. Um, but you're only in until Thursday and it has to be submitted by by that Friday, for example. You will work harder to ensure that it's finished by that deadline because you know that you're not working on that day, for example. So, yeah, it'll, be, it'll definitely be interesting to see sort of the, the results of that and how much more productive people actually are. But I guess that is the point of the test, isn't it? So Exactly, yeah. And I think, you know, business owners and managers need to assess... Um, a employee happiness but also efficiency um, and effectiveness of their hybrid working strategy because every company now has to have a hybrid working strategy right so um, yeah I mean let's let's wait and see we'll probably cover that in the coming weeks and months as the results start to come out from that study so the next section I want to sort of go on to is uh, tool of the week so do you want to talk about sort of some of the things we use as a marketing agency? So softwares and things that just help us do our day-to-day? Absolutely. So I think we, we're going to cover one of these every week. Um, and the, the one I want to talk about first is probably one of the most important for any business. Not just from a marketing perspective, but um, from, a, from a sales perspective as well. Uh, and that's HubSpot. We aren't officially HubSpot partners yet. We don't get paid um, to recommend them. Um, but as a business, a lot of our clients use HubSpot or use HubSpot ourselves. And the main features that we love about HubSpot are um, the low cost of entry to start. 
with HubSpot, that's um, it's usually between sixty and seventy pounds a month um, for one of their basic packages. Um, included in that, you get a CRM so you can track all of your contacts. There's email capabilities so you can brand your own emails, create really easy modular emails to send out to customers using the data that you have from the CRM. Um, you can also have a, a meeting booking link, which we've started using ourselves. And essentially what that is, is it's, it's, you would have seen uh, companies like Calendly, for example, have something similar where you send someone a link, they book a meeting via that link. But in the case of HubSpot, it automatically adds them in to, uh, to the CRM. So all of their details are already in there. Um, and obviously it sends them a meeting invite and puts it in your diary and their diary. It's just a fuss free way of doing it. Also, it integrates with your existing calendar so they can see exactly when you're free and they can only book meetings for when you're available, um, which obviously helps. I believe I saw a stat, I think it takes six or seven interactions on average to uh, agree a time and date for a meeting. So, you know, um, streamlining that process is, is really important. But yeah, take a look at HubSpot. Like I said, we don't um, get commission from them yet. Um, and we're not a licensed partner yet. But um, it's definitely something that we're looking into as a business um, because we use it every day with, with all of our customers. Great. So I think to finish off, we'll uh, just talk about the tip of the week. Uh, this week, it's always have your brand guidelines open. So this is referring specifically to, you know, when you're working on a piece of content, you always want to have your brand guidelines alongside, perhaps on a dual screen or whatever works best for you. This is just to keep consistency in your work and clarity of message. Absolutely. Uh, did you 100%. have anything to add to that, Brian? Not really. I think, you know, as an agency, it's different for us because we work with multiple clients in any one time, but we have what we call brand kits. And um, these brand kits have the, the very basic information about, you know, what is the keywords, what are... Um, what are the brand colors, the hexachroma numbers, all of that stuff to hand so that we make sure that we put a consistent um, view and a consistent message out for our clients. Um, so it's really important to have that to hand. If you don't have brand guidelines, again, you may want to consider reaching out to someone to help you with that, whether it be MIM or someone else. Um, it's really important to have those to hand. If you don't have brand guidelines, get some. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, I would agree with that, Chris. Great. Well, great. That will probably do us for this week. Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you very much for joining me, Rowan, uh, on this week's Mims the Word. Uh, and yeah, tune in next week for more insights into marketing. Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Chris. Chris.